Did you know that MyBookie.com has more than just sports gambling? Oh, yeah. They've got an online casino that is amazingly fun to play and can be quite profitable. Want to sharpen some skills for a trip to Vegas or maybe another casino? You want to practice card counting, bet variants, or some exotic strategy you saw on TikTok? MyBookie.com. And of course, there's always the sports. Not just football, which we're all salivating about, but baseball, golf, tennis, boxing, MMA, and a bunch of stuff that you'll say, wait, I can bet something on that? Yes, you can. Get an account at MyBookie.com. Enter promo code ZABE so they know that I sent you. And splash around and have some fun in life, especially after you get that reimbursement check from your sales meeting in Grand Forks, South Dakota. MyBookie.com, the one, the only, the official sports book of the ZABEcast. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Today on the Zabecast is a guy who willingly spent three days in the dark sitting at a frigid yurt in Oregon. Really the kind of guy who wants an iced out number eight necklace? Well, Rogers got one anyway. I got thoughts on why bad things haven't happened as fast as many predicted. Plus, a bullseye think piece on the pandemic and what it was really all about. Tom Brady with a new squeeze and I'm going to sue you for not doing that. What? Your 30-plus minute solo ride is ready to roll, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Now they're going to measure it across home plate. I've never, I've never seen this. I never have either. I don't know what, I don't know what they're measuring. They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at at this. Brett is out. He's steaming mad. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. And the Yankees have won the ball game 4-3. Brett is called out for using an illegal bat or with the illegal substance on the bat. Like I said, I have seen this before, Frank, and uh, Gaylord Perry just took the bat away from home plate umpire Jim McClellan. He's going to take the bat. They're going to take it, so they cannot take it into the American League office. Happy 40th anniversary of one of the all-time great controversies in sports, the infamous pine tar incident 
which has its own Wikipedia entry. That was 40 years ago, Monday, July 24th, 1983, as George Brett came storming out of the dugout, arms a-flailing like an angered ape ready to just dismember any and every man in blue wearing a big old A-L on their hats. My only question about the pine tar game, and for those that don't know where you've been living under a rock, Google it or go to Wikipedia. My only question is, would Brett really have barreled straight into home plate umpire Tim McClelland? Or did he sort of veer away at the last minute voluntarily in a sort of aggressive, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back kind of move. We don't have many angles of the George Brett charge, don't have many photos of it because nobody knew it was coming. And it was an otherwise ordinary American League game in the dog days of summer. But I believe that one of the other umpires on the crew, be it first base ump Drew Coble or second base ump Joe Brinkman, He of the Brinkman Grills or third base umpire Nick Bremigan had jumped in and kind of rerouted a screaming fast George Brett that even though it looks like he had that hold me back, hold me back, I don't really want to barrel into him type of vibe, that maybe it was just enough of a redirect to have Brett go sailing past McClellan who had just pointed with the bat and signaled, you're out. Because too much pine tar. Either there's rules or there is chaos. And that was a rule at the time. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the ZabeCast. It is just yours truly today. Solo cast after yesterday's wonderful double shot of guests. I actually got a lot of stuff I want to get through. So let's get cracking on it. Let's start today by talking about Bad things. Stand on the box, stomp your feet, start clapping. Got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen. The absolute smoking hot collaboration from nine years ago between In Their Primes, Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert, by the way, been under some fire lately for calling out selfie takers in her audiences during concerts, my initial reaction was, okay, that's out of line. You got to understand people are going to take a selfie every now and then, even at times where it's kind of annoying. Then I saw a different angle of the selfie group, and it was for young gals. They were very happy there to be, I think they were very happy to be watching Miranda Lambert, and they just wanted a photo to commemorate. Or maybe they were doing it all night. Who knows? But I get it from an artist standpoint, kind of rude. You're singing and they're standing up with their backs turned to you, taking a picture like, oh, me, me, me. Hey, who's the country music star and who's the people paying to get in? But this is not about Miranda Lambert, who I still like. I still think she is hot as you know what. Hot as what's the uh, grease? Hot as griddle grease, or whatever the saying is. No, this is about bad things. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know why. I am not, I'm not, I believe I am a general 
generally speaking, an optimist. I know. Don't laugh. I generally believe life is good and on the whole is getting better for everybody. On the whole. Not in every regard. Certain parts of society are going straight to hell in a fucking handcart, if not a rocket sled. But overall, standards of living keep elevating. And every time I gaze about America and I look perhaps at somebody at a casino whom I know, I know does not make as much money as me. Not that that's how I judge the measure of a man or a woman. But I also know they don't have as much money in the bank as me. I see them playing amounts that stagger my mind. I'm like, how could you be $50 a blackjack hand and you're losing? What are you doing? Now you might say, well, they're idiots. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And you have no other, you have no idea what other economic mayhem is going on in their life and their kids' lives and everything else. And they'll be on welfare and they're on welfare and they'll be uh, broke by the time they're whenever. Doesn't matter. My point is, we're living in a such a day and age where people, when they get amounts of money that other people in other parts of the world would just fall to their knees thanking God for, even our poor people are pissing away money on things like gambling or buying cars that are way too expensive like Teslas. And yeah, probably some Tesla owners out there listening right now, and God bless you, they're very cool cars. I think they're really, really slick, but way too much money, if you ask me. Of course, I'm the guy that buys a bunch of cameras that are way too expensive, so I should just shut my mouth. Anyhow, why hasn't anything really bad happened yet? And by that, I mean all of the things that the pundits and the news media has said, oh, this is going to lead to insert bad thing here. Why hasn't anything really bad on a widespread scale happened yet? Things like, why hasn't the Ukraine-Russia war turned into World War III? Why didn't our showdown with North Korea and Trump and Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il, I forget which one's which, the younger or the older, two very unstable non-geniuses, why did that not turn into a nuclear volley? Why... In the aftermath of 9-11 and Al-Qaeda and then ISIS, why haven't they launched more sophisticated and or brutal attacks? Why has little things, why is unemployment not at 10% right now? How come interest rates aren't at 20%? I know we're keeping a lid on them and that's causing other little economic wrinkles and disruptions. Whether it's the housing market crash or people predicting New York City is going to be a ghost town because of what happened with the pandemic and everyone working remotely. Why has nothing really bad happened? I once read a very compelling series of articles describing the concept of peak oil. And it freaked me out. The basic concept was simple. We're going to run out of oil at some point. No matter what we do. No matter how many Teslas Elon Musk builds and other companies. What happens when we start to run out of oil? Not even when we're out of oil. What happens when we reach the peak, and then we're starting to go down. That's when the mayhem starts, because those who wrote about the dystopian future of post-peak oil describe a world that you and I and nobody else want to live in, where everyone knows the pool of the most essential resource to keep the country, to keep the world running, is running out. 
and there is a mad dash to secure, hoard, and keep all of it. I guess it would look a little bit like, say, Waterworld, which is a movie I think gets maligned a bit too much. Until they headed out into the open ocean, I thought it could have been a great fucking movie, but I digress. Anyhow, that was the notion behind peak oil. Well, peak oil and the dates at which the experts said it's coming have already passed. They've Some have long passed, 10, 15 years ago. Why? Something else happened. They found ways to get oil in deeper deposits. They found ways to get oil out from between little slivers of rock. They found ways to get oil out of shale and all this other shit. They've of course, found other alternate fuel sources. Fuel demand, while it still is rising, it's changing and it's sloshing around in ways that they couldn't and didn't predict. Now, maybe we'll get to peak oil at some point, but I think the reason that nothing bad has really happened, really bad widespread, that is, I'm not talking about isolated bad. Obviously, 9-11 was an isolated bad thing. The COVID pandemic, more on that later today, in the podcast is going to be another example, but why hasn't anything really bad happened? I think there's a couple things. Number one, our imaginations as humans are very vivid and we are capable of thinking of the worst case scenario. Number one. Number two, you can make a compelling argument about what will happen based on what we know currently with stats and graphs and trends and research and credentials and everything else. But what we don't know is what we don't know, which I know sounds stupid, but think about it. We don't know what we don't know yet about things that are coming down the pike, both good and bad, but also can sometimes cancel each other out. Number three, why don't bad things happen? Or why haven't more bad things happened? People and civilizations are very fluid and they're very adaptable and people start to avoid stuff. And so in subtle ways, everyone trims their sails and makes adjustments. And it blunts what the expected trajectory of, hey, we're using this much of X. Therefore, if this continues, bad things are going to happen. No, they're not. People trim their sails. Companies adjust and adapt. And that's the biggest fourth element, which is we can't predict how things are going to interact and clash with each other in ways that are unpredictable. Elon Musk is harping on about depopulation. Almost like global warming is now the thing. It used to be global cooling was the thing. Overpopulation used to be the thing, still is amongst some. Musk is screaming about depopulation. There are definitely... Trend lines of declining birth rate in countries that have not had declining birth rates for a long time. I think I saw a stat about China just showed a declining birth rate for the first time in who knows when, forever almost. Okay, Musk's take and others who believe that depopulation is a real threat is that we won't have enough people, humans, to run the world and the machinery of society. To which I say, yeah, Maybe, or there'll be adjustments, or we will scale down, or we will do something else. I just don't know. I once worried about the drum machine replacing actual drummers in bands. Why? Because I was a 12-year-old kid with a mop head of hair and a Yamaha drum kit, and I played in jazz bands, 
and neighborhood bands, and that was a thing in the early 80s. Ah, drum machines. Your job, you're not, by the time you lose all that hair, young man, drummers will be a thing of the past. Well, they're not. Unless you go to an Ed Sheeran concert. Drummers are still there because it's still a useful accessory to have as part of the onstage presentation of, hey, I'm here to see a band. There's the lead singer, there's the guitarist, there's the doo-wop girls, there's the bassist, and there's the drummer. And look at them all move. And look at them all how happy they are. And they're like, yeah, playing these songs. This is great. I have feared over the years that radio would go extinct. The very business that has put my kids through college and raised a family and put a football field in my backyard, which is probably more than I needed, but let's not go there. I don't think radio is going extinct, even though they're talking about pulling it out, AM, pulling AM radio out of cars. I'd be okay with that. I mean, these AM stations, yeah, they cover some rural areas and some people listen, but you can't stop progress. If at some point there's no commercial viability to AM radio, kill it. Use those frequencies or something else. But as long as we have cars, we're going to have radio. And I also think, even though you're listening to a podcast right now, Radio offers something that podcasts can't and don't do, and that's immediacy. They're live. And not only are, is radio live and people know it, especially I'm talking in my business, sports, but also I believe it applies to news and news talk. The immediacy and the live element of radio is the killer app. It is the thing that makes radio still essential. In the sports talk realm, as we are now entering training camp season, you don't want to say, well, what does Joe Schmo, who has a podcast, think about Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to do this year? You want to hear immediately about, okay, it was day two of practice at Jets camp. How's he looking? What's going on? Is he hurt? Is he not? Is he participating in drills? What are people talking about? They want to hear the talk in real time. The real-time immediacy of radio, I think, is going to be the thing that keeps it going for quite a while. And then the fifth thing about bad things not happening that we often expect they will or the pundits or media predicts they will happen and why they don't, our time frames are off. We are always impatient as human beings. And by impatient, I don't mean, hey, man, it's been six months. Where's that disaster you predicted? I don't even mean, hey, it's been six years. Where's that disaster you predicted? I'm talking decades and generations, 20, 40, 60 years. I really have believed that we've been kicking the economic can, printing money way too far down the road, and we're about to face an implosion. Our economy in so many ways is fake as fuck. But now I'm starting to think maybe my time frames aren't right. Oh, sure. My grandkids' kids, something's gonna, something bad's going to happen to them and their money, but that's a ways down the road, you know? <laughs> I won't be around to see that unless there are incredible advances in modern science and or medicine. And not with that Stand on either. the box, stomp your feet, stop clapping, got so, good feeling, something bad about to happen. Well, talking about things that are bad why they haven't happened that was actually an optimistic little segment right there your thoughts on that welcome at zabe at yahoo.com and i'll try to do a better job of following up with your emails to me because i always ask for emails and i read them all and then i don't bring them up 
on the podcast. So shame on me for that. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, some NFL news. Rodgers gets iced. Neheim Hines with a jet ski accident to start the year. And a running back Zoom call, amongst other topics. You're listening to the Zabecast. Did you know that MyBookie.com has more than just sports gambling? Oh yeah, they've got an online casino that is amazingly fun to play and can be quite profitable. Want to sharpen some skills for a trip to Vegas or maybe another casino? You want to practice card counting, bet variants, or some exotic strategy you saw on TikTok? MyBookie.com. And of course, there's always the sports. Not just football, which we're all salivating about, but baseball, golf, tennis, boxing, MMA, and a bunch of stuff that you'll say, wait, I can bet something on that? Yes, you can. Get an account at MyBookie.com. Enter promo code ZABE so they know that I sent you. And splash around and have some fun in life, especially after you get that reimbursement check from your sales meeting in Grand Fork, South Dakota. MyBookie.com, the one, the only, the official sports book of the ZABEcast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, we're back. Aaron Rodgers got a gift from his young Jets teammates, and it was posted to social media. It is a iced-out Jets green number eight necklace. And by iced-out, I mean, oh, yeah, full of diamonds. Apparently, some of the young guns got pulled together some money. Who knows what it's worth? 50 grand, 60 
I mean, if you get an, a necklace like that, if you're an athlete, it, it better be worth 50 grand of diamonds. That should be the minimum. And one of the young guns presented it to Aaron Rodgers and put it on him. And somebody on Twitter posted the video and said, see, Green Bay, we'll show you how to treat a Hall of Fame quarterback. To which Aaron Nagler of Cheesehead TV said, yeah, all they ever gifted Rodgers with was great offensive lines for the better part of 10-plus years. I, <laughs> this is going to be such a great season. Such a great season. Win, lose, draw, good, bad, in between, you name it. The comparisons, how Love's doing, how Rodgers is doing. Oh, my God. I asked some Packer fans, I said, what do you want more? Our 10 or their 6? My first response was, what? I go, you know what I'm talking about. Our 10 or your si- or their 6, what do you want more? Oh, oh. Are you saying, do you want the Packers to go 10 and 7 more than you want the Jets to go 6 and 11? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. The answer for most Packer fans is, oh, I want I want our 10. I don't care what the Jets do as long as Rodgers plays 65% because that floats the conditional second up to a first for next year. I said, well, okay, but what if he plays 65% and they still win just six games? I know that sounds inconceivable, but it's not. That was when most Packers fans said, oh, yeah, I, I would definitely want that. It's petty. You shouldn't care. You made your peace with it. He cost too much money. He had clearly been mentally done with being a Packer. He wanted to move on. He got a pretty good return. Goody and company, I think, did a pretty good job. But who do you want more, R10 or their six? Good question. We'll see. 65%, that's the number to watch. Now he's got a nice iced-out chain, so he's a straight baller now. In New York, I wonder if deep down Rogers, who's very much philosophic and I'm going to go sit in a yurt in the darkness, if he's cringing like crazy as a teammate puts a wasteful diamond studded necklace number eight around him. Just wonder. I think for the Packers, the key numbers are 15. 15 each for Jordan Love and Christian Watson. If both those guys play 15 of 17 games, the Packers can can scratch out 10 wins. I think the chances both play 15 are not great. There's too many injuries in this league, and it's oftentimes too hard to do. Speaking of injuries, Neheim Hines. If you have Neheim Hines in a keeper league in your fantasy, uh, bad news for Who has he? What cut? Okay, never mind on that. Super deep dynasty league. Neheim Hines, who had, of course, the 100-yard touchdown return off the first kickoff since the return of DeMar Hamlin to the stadium in Buffalo. Inspirational, incredible moment. Is out for the year with a knee injury suffered away from the facility. He was in a jet ski accident. He was on a jet ski, but got rammed into by another jet ski, so it wasn't his fault. But guess what? His knee is still jacked up, and he's out for the year. I don't know if he was on the Zoom call NFL running backs had to talk with NFL PA bosses about the depressed, they think, the depressed market for running backs. On the Zoom call were Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, Joe Mixon, 
and Austin Eckler, who ran the Zoom call. Please, God, somebody leak the Zoom call because I want to hear it. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. It is not a job that pays fairly. It pays well, just not fairly, in my opinion. What you do want them to grow up doing is becoming big-time international soccer stars like Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe has been offered a record amount of money to play for one year for all Hilal golf or all Hilal golf all Hilal soccer club in Saudi. Ready for this? They would pay a transfer fee because this is the ransom that has to be paid amongst international soccer clubs of $332 million. That'd be a record transfer. And then they would put $776 million into Kylian Mbappe's bank account for precisely one season of soccer. He would then be allowed to depart for free next summer to the expected landing spot of Real Madrid. <laughs> I mean, how's he going to turn that down? I know that Messi turned down an offer about half that size and went to Miami, but that was sort of unique. I don't know how you do it. And I know I'm the guy that says I don't want that much money. It's too much money. I didn't say I don't want that much money. I said I don't want to win that much money in the lottery. You're Kylian Mbappe and you make that much money. Sure, some people are going to come at you and say, hey, bro, you're stupid rich. I need some money. Give me some money. We were friends. We grew up together. People are less inclined to do that because they know that Kylian Mbappe earned that money. You win it in the lottery. Everyone thinks it's theirs. Hey, I knew you. Give me a chunk. Oh, man, I'm only asking, I'm only asking for $4 million. You just won a billion. Give it up. Dayline Media, ESPN Radio still has not announced their new morning show. Wow. ESPN has about a month to figure out this new morning show, writes Ryan Glass-Spiegel of the New York Post. Not that anyone asked for my opinion, but Chris Carlin would be a good idea as one of the hosts. He, of course, on The Fan in New York. Like they can't see beyond Manhattan for possible radio talent. I would raise my hand and go, ooh, ooh, I'm available, but I'm actually not available. Not that they would call me anyway because ESPN stopped seeking out genuine radio hosts. They just want brand ambassadors for the big four-letter brand in the Connecticut woods. Uh, Glasspiegel says they need someone who is radio first as opposed to a TV person's second job to anchor that show. Well, yeah, sure. They need a, a really good radio first person who's unafraid to ruffle some feathers and to connect with a radio audience and maybe get some teams or players or agents pissed off at them and then to have management back that radio person and tell the teams and the players and the agents to go fuck themselves because that bit that the radio host just did about Odell Beckham Jr. and whatever the latest thing happened was funny as hell. The fans loved it. Sorry that Odell didn't like it. That's not going to happen. Well, good luck to them. The NCAA and Power 5 conferences are being sued 
I'll see you all in court when we sue. This for violating antitrust law by not making video games or EA Sports not making video games. A new court filing sheds light on whether the case should be certified as a class action. Jeffrey Jeffrey Kessler, the attorney for the plaintiffs, says, quote, available facts overwhelmingly demonstrate that EA Sports would have published a college football game if the NCAA had not prohibited players from earning NIL as a condition of their eligibility. Evidence also indicates a college basketball video game would have been published as, as well. Ooh, college hoops. That's right. They never, did they ever make a college video game? College basketball video game? I would know. I would have bought it, left it in the cellophane, then had it just sit on my shelf, not even returned it. Anyhow, NIL revenue from these games would have been shared with thousands of players. Tom Brady and Irina Shaikh, I think I'm saying that right, are now a thing. Mazel, mazel. Good things. Brady was caught canoodling with the supermodel, Ms. Shaikh who also happens to be Bradley Cooper's ex-girlfriend, as well as the ex-girlfriend of, who else was she dating famously? Either way, sources tell TMZ that Tom and Irina walked into his pad, all smiles, and that she didn't leave his place until the following morning, about 9.30 a.m. Well, maybe she was sending some emails or doing some work at his kitchen table. was nothing to be suspicious of. Update from TMZ says... That apparently, Giselle Bunchen is, quote, not happy at all about the news. <laughs> model on model. Jealousy. I'm here for it. Then we'll end on this. It is a COVID-related thought or two and a very excellent piece. Many of you have reached out to me and said, how come you're not still throwing in COVID stories? How come you're not still hammering on the absurdity of it all? And those are great questions. I have not done it very much as of late, in part because, A, it's just too depressing because the world succumbed to the darkness of fucking witchcraft in 2023 and everyone went along with it. So many people went along with it. Many people who are my friends and colleagues went along with it without questioning it. And I realized the hopelessness of the fact we are living in a world full of utter and complete sheep and they all get to vote it is what it is my pops once told me a great line he said you know Stephen, it's like the tyranny of the masses sometimes i tell you you're at the whim of what everyone will go for stuck in my head see my dad thinks i don't listen to him that's not true he says shit and it sticks in there the tyranny of of the masses. Boy, was he right about that. So yeah, I've not done COVID for that reason. And I don't know, there's just been other good stuff to talk about. So, but I'm back again because this piece I'm about to read to you is brilliant. But first, T's and P's, as the kids say, thoughts and prayers to one Dick Durbin, who announced on Twitter, he has COVID. Yes, Senator Richard Durbin of Illinois, who's been a senator for, oh, I don't know, my whole life, it seems. God, we can't get these fuckers out of there, can we? Nope. We sure can't. Not with the current system. 
Dick Durbin, who in July of 2021 said, get vaccinated to protect your community. Dick Durbin, who in October of 2021 said that the vaccine needs to uh, be made mandatory and that people who said otherwise are pushing out misinformation. Dick Durbin, who got fully vaccinated and boosted in 2023, just tested positive for COVID for the not once, not twice, but third time this year. Durbin tweets, unfortunately, I tested positive for COVID-19 today. I'm disappointed to have to miss critical work on the Senate's NDAA this week in Washington. Consistent with CDC guidelines, ding, remember that, consistent with the experts' guidelines, I'll quarantine at home and follow the advice of my doctor while I work remotely. People are still testing for COVID, huh? Yeah, even worse. The piece that everyone should read, I'll send it out. I'll, well, I'm not sure I'm going to tweet it. You're going to have to jot this down or just remember it. It's called The Killing of Common Sense by Christopher Grenda of the Brownstone Institute. He writes, COVID expanded our daily vocabulary, distancing, tracking, masking, above the nose masking. All became common parlance, as did lockdown, one of the most ominous additions to our vernacular. Its meaning was both clear and unreal all at once. You could stroll on the sidewalk, but not in the park. Why? COVID. You could shop at box stores, but not at small businesses. Why? COVID. You could congregate to protest structural opinions, but not to worship, even in isolated cars. Why? COVID. That issue concerns status in our society. He writes what counts as status and why. It's the credentialed and self-titled public health experts during the COVID crisis who tried to kill something and it wasn't humans, it was common sense. Their approach was less about science than social science. It had less to do with health than self-elevation, not just in wealth and power. And oh God, did some of them make a killing during this. But it was also in moral understanding and being. The credentialed elevated their sense of themselves and their status by trying to make the rest of us feel small. By reducing each of our innate abilities to reason, to read, and to reflect on the level of a menacing danger. How dare you do your own research? Thinking and decision-making are not your specialty. That's ours. You, after all, don't have degrees in that subject. But these social science issues, writes Grenda, of moral status and common sense are not just about COVID. The battle between our systems of credentialing, governing, and medicating on the one hand, and the innate ability to read, reason, and reflect on the other predate COVID. In this sense, it was an attempted kill shot. It was an attempt to end the battle once and for all. This on the side of the financially bloated systems of credentialing and their self-serving relationships with the governing agencies and corporate America aligned with them. That is a small snippet of a much longer piece. And again, I'll repeat it. The name is Christopher Grenda, Brownstone Institute, the killing 
of common sense. It's true. If you really wanted to boil down what the COVID pandemic was ultimately all about, it was that. It was about elevating the already privileged and the credentialed class to a level that became unassailable for the common man. How dare you? They almost wanted to make themselves modern-day tech-age nobility. Once upon a time, the nobility could not be questioned. Well, they wanted to be the new nobility. They still do, and they're still trying, and they're not going to stop trying. How dare you question us? How dare you do your own research? And what was the most frustrating, if not demoralizing, was how the media threw right in with them and amplified that disdain from above. And it makes sense why. Because the media themselves, the traditional media, also think of themselves as credentialed and superior. And they hate anyone with a camera, a cell phone, a blog, a podcast, or anyone non-credentialed who's running circles around them or who is going against the narrative because they're eating into their business, business and their livelihood and their status. So, of course, the media would be a natural ally to those in the credentialed class. I know you guys listening are smart and you get it. You're probably nodding your head, maybe pumping your fist. Many who don't listen to this podcast, I don't think ever going to get it. Someday. Maybe. Blue Jays 4, Mariners 3, by the way. Seattle just cannot get traction this year. I don't get it. Red Sox 6, Mets 1. Mets are now 46-53. and 53. Their disaster season continues. But, hey, how about Sal Freelich in the night he had in his debut for the Brewers? 3-for-3, three three, game-winning sack, fly. Made two great catches in the outfield wall. He's just one of at least two dozen youngsters who are going to make it be making their call-ups right about now as the trade deadline comes. So it is prospect and phenom season coming in baseball. And I say, you got to love it. All right, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and downloading and trusting me and me alone to entertain you for at least 30 minutes. Spread the word, rate and review, do all those good things that help spread the word of the Zabecast. Back to our regular scheduled lineup of guests starting tomorrow and through the week, and we are in a football season as well, so it's going to get even better and better every step of the way, all the way until the end of the year. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.
Okay, you action-loving sports maniacs, look, we all like having something-something on the games. Hell, it's what keeps us from going to bed or watching Top Chef. But when you are putting your money out there on these rough gambling streets, the number one thing you need to know is simply this. A, when will I get my money without a hassle? And B, is this online sports book going to be a dirt patch in a cloud of dust next week? Well, with the official sweet action site of the ZabeCast, my bookie is that place. I've been doing business with them for over five years. They've got great odds, don't gouge on the VIG, have all kinds of props and futures, and best of all, in the rare case there's ever a customer service issue, guess who your customer service rep is? That's right. Me, El Baldo. So get in there, open an account, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, so they know that I sent you. And bet with your head no over it, and you'll never look back. You'll never be tempted to try these other big clown books that are spending a trillion dollars on fancy ad campaigns. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.com. You got a bookie? Yes, you do. And you don't have to meet him in a seedy Italian restaurant to settle up.